0: Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests... For more information about Jay Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast.
1: Welcome to Understanding the Human Condition with your host, Dr. James Flowers. Hey, Robin. Hey, you. How are you? I'm great. How are you?
0: (laughs) I love this weather. It's a beautiful week, isn't it?
1: I know. And for those who don't know, we're taping this on election day
0: oh boy (laughs) oh my
1: gosh so this is good it's taking our mind off of it right
0: absolutely it sure is yeah yeah Yeah. today on the front page of the houston chronicle was the lead story was how to stay focused today and how to how to keep your stress low and breathe and visualize Uh and get through this day i know i know tension i I was super excited about our guest i
1: know brianna welcome hello nice to see you all thanks for joining us thank you good to be here So I thought I'd um, read a little bio, and then we can get started with a great conversation. Um, Brianna Fetkovich is the director of outreach in Texas for Street Grace, which is a faith-based organization that utilized Mm evidence-based demand reduction strategies to eradicate the commercial sexual exploitation of children.
0: Can we stop right there? Tell me about it. Tell us just about that. A faith-based organization that utilized evidence-based demand reduction strategies. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. So that
2: can be a, m- a mouthful, right? Yeah. And so... Traditionally, there have been a lot of organizations fighting trafficking. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is this is not a one-way-in, one-way-out problem. Mm -hmm. This is a multifaceted issue that is happening around the globe, is happening here in our city, in small towns and metro areas. And so as a result, there's a lot of different ways that we have to fight this. We really have to approach it holistically. Got it. But we've Mm -hmm. focused most of our time, our money, and our energy, Mm -hmm. our law enforcement efforts, our legislation, our uh, from a faith-based perspective mm-hmm. that tactic on providing services to survivors and that's important work mm-hmm. i did that work um, i worked in a safe house for a number of years walked wow. with survivors as they journey mm-hmm. back to healing it's incredibly difficult they need really specialized care mm-hmm. but unfortunately focusing on providing services to survivors while that has to continue will not end trafficking and so right. we use demand reduction principles so that's looking at the other side of this going hey, why don't we stop this from happening in the first place? And if there was no demand for exploited children, then we would have no exploited children. Right. And so right. we sort of look at everything through this three-pronged approach um, that involves demand reduction Gosh, is the way we look at everything.
0: Got it. That helps so much. And one more question out of that first introductory yeah. of the bio. When you talk about being a faith-based organization that utilizes it and working at it from a faith-based perspective, Uh, approach. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah. So we, uh, Street Grace has been around for about 12 years. Mm -hmm. We're based in uh, Metro Atlanta and it was really founded out of a handful of folks from different denominations, different faith backgrounds Mm -hmm. going, Hey, we have a major problem in our city. Let's do something about it. And so we've always been a child focused organization. We've always been faith-based in that we realize that if we utilize the mm-hmm. resources in the community, meaning multiple, um, you know, churches, synagogues, all the different things that there are out there to mm-hmm. offer, um, we can reach a specific audience that can then spread this information to the community. If they're aware of how to keep their own family, their own congregation safe, then they can be talking about this with at their place of business right. or their civic right. groups um, or their different sports teams with their kids. And we have this ripple effect of really reaching the community community as we start with the faith community being kind of our home base right. for that.
0: Amazing. Thank you. Yep.
1: And you do a lot of networking too, which is how we met. Yes. We met at the Greater Human uh oh no, Greater, the women's, Greater Women's yeah. Houston Chamber. That's yes. where we met. And you came up afterwards. I remember exactly. And um I was there and my former position was selective search and you walked up and said, "You know, my girlfriends need a safe place. They can't go online because right. it's too scary there. There's too many predators. Mm-hmm. And um, just hearing that what we were doing was offline for dating, you are like, that's a safe yeah. place for them, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah, very exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. So then you're just really great at keeping in touch. Yeah, is She's really absolutely. great at following we, so.
2: we, you know, We have friends in so many different arenas because we really believe that we have to ha- take a holistic approach. We can't right. just be in the areas where faith-based folks are we need to be in chambers we need to be Mm -hmm. training businesses we do trainings for law enforcement for judges for schools Mm -hmm. private public schools and every area that we can speak this truth and then we have a greater chance at at fighting this because everybody has a role to play whether Mm -hmm. you're a truck driver or a ceo or Mm -hmm. you work at a nail salon
0: right absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah I'll get back yeah. to your
1: bio. Sorry, okay. <laughs> Brianna has always been passionate about human rights, especially pertaining to women and children. Her focus now is communication and training to fight against the injustice of sex trafficking. She served as a missionary in Mozambique, Africa, with Project Purpose International. She ran a center where women engaged in the sex trade could find resources, employment, and a safe harbor for their children, and most importantly of all, hope. She directed the largest and most successful fundraising event in the history of the ministry.
0: That's amazing. Awesome. Tell us about that fundraising
2: experience for the ministry. Yeah, so when I was with Project Purpose, their main mission is to help women in um, Southeast Africa and Mozambique mm-hmm. who are engaged in essentially and need-based trafficking these women are selling their bodies because their children need rice Mm -hmm. and they need uniforms to go to school Mm -hmm. and they say it's kind of a saying that prostitution in Mozambique is as common as a handshake Mm -hmm. and that's because of the overwhelming amount of poverty Mm -hmm. that they face and they don't have access to resources especially as a single woman um, to have any other form of employment to take care of their family and so What we would do is we would um, connect them with our faith center where they could come, they could get resources, they could get set up with an actually a, a lingerie selling business where mm-hmm. they would get as a three year program we partnered with an organization called Free the Girls based out of Denver free plug if y'all are listening there you go. Yeah. Um, and they uh, set these ladies up with this program where for the first year they have everything they need to set up their own little business um, gives them Very a lot cool. of independence and freedom yeah. and some dignity and something like selling lingerie which they're traditionally used to exploit mm-hmm. and right. um, by the third year they're self-sufficient yeah. and we also had a center for their children we called it the promise. Center. Mm-hmm. It operated a lot like an orphanage, but these weren't orphans. Their mothers were just um, sex workers. And so they would live at the orphanage to keep them out of this life of exploitation um, and Get them school and a safe place to be while their moms were getting alternative employment, and eventually they would go back home. Yeah, um, it was sort of a, a foster care of sorts yeah. um, wow. in Africa, and so we were able to host a, a fundraiser event we called Dance Upon Injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a dancer, grew up as a dancer, and so I taught dance to these Mozambican kids. Very cool. um, we served it as a fundraiser and an awareness event for the community. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Congratulations! Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's so cool. Speaking of being a, a dancer. What brought you into this field from dancing? and Were you a professional dancer? I I
2: was not. um, I I didn't choose to go that route. But this is a question I get frequently because people, when they find out kind of the truth about what human trafficking really looks Mm -hmm. like, it can feel really heavy and really dark. And people naturally want to know. Why do you want to spend your life doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually came to me. I was a senior in college, and um, I was a communications major, and I was supposed to do a project. A persuade, what college? Uh, all of at Nazarene University. There you go. A Christian school outside yep. of Chicago. And um, we had to do a project. On a controversial topic but it couldn't be one that was uh, overused Mm -hmm. so it couldn't be something that was pretty commonly controversial and and back then this was not something that people were really talking about very frequently and Mm -hmm. I actually learned about an organization um, through a fictional book uh, called Redeeming Love. It's actually a fictional portrayal of a biblical story, the story of Hosea. Um, But the young girl, she takes a little creative liberties, but Mm -hmm. in that story, the woman is a prostitute. But in the book, she uh, was exploited by her uncle when she's three or four years old. And it shows her life progression into becoming um, a sex worker. And anyway, it's a really beautiful story of redemption. I learned about human trafficking. I started doing research and I, once I found out about this through an organization called Love 146, it's actually actually based here in Texas which Mm -hmm. funny how Rhodes brought me here eventually
0: Um,
2: and I found out that there were little girls in India and Cambodia and Thailand who um, had numbers on their chests and were being sold into brothels when they were four Mm -hmm. or five years old and only two percent of them were ever rescued I it was one of those things that once I found out about that I had to do something Mm -hmm. about it and um I've been doing something about it of sorts ever since
0: Wow, how long has that been?
2: Um, that was 2008 when I learned about human trafficking. So wow. I was a little bit discouraged early on because I, you know, feverishly wrote emails to all of these anti-trafficking organizations, and they all said, "Hey, I'd love to have you um, as a volunteer." Yeah. Because that shows just how much the landscape has changed in mm-hmm. 2008, 2009. These small organizations raising awareness couldn't afford to pay anybody. Right. I couldn't do this as a job. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so yep. that's how I ended up becoming a missionary and then coming here to Houston to work in a safe house. And, and now with true yeah. grace? Huh.
0: You know, it, it's, I was preparing for this and just reading. And I realized in my own mind, being a mental health practitioner, that it's a subject that I just don't know a lot about. And and I felt kind of guilty reading it. And I was like, I should educate myself more on this and I need to know more about this. And then I started thinking about, uh, I was in the airport in Miami and changing planes and I had to walk from one end of the airport to the other. And I stopped at two different restrooms. And in every restroom in Miami, I noticed the signs on the urinal um, that said, if you're a victim of human sex traffic, mm-hmm. please call this number right now. And then I walked and walked and walked and went to another restroom and it was the same. And then, and I remember it just, I was like, what, why would they have that in the in this restroom and a couple years later i was at a restaurant a chinese restaurant here in houston Mm -hmm. and went to the restroom and it was the same exact sign uh on 45 south going towards galveston at this chinese restaurant and it struck me again and i was like gosh i i need to know more about this but i know you talked about cambodia and other countries and and you did work over there, and what are the numbers like in Cambodia and there versus here? And is this a major thoroughfare?
2: Sure. So we have, um, you know, some global estimations on trafficking, mm-hmm. and depending on what source you go to you're going to find different numbers and the millions yeah. and the billions and it's really difficult to come up with a number mm-hmm. and that's because human trafficking is the second largest fastest growing illegal crime on the planet
1: mm-hmm. so sad. it's
2: really difficult to get Gosh. accurate data on illegal industries mm-hmm. and only two percent of victims are ever rescued and you that's know even sadder. it's exciting to see things like that in our bathrooms mm-hmm. but You know what the trouble is? Is most victims of human trafficking that I've worked with in all of this time Mm -hmm. I've been in this space, when they were being exploited, they'd never heard the word human trafficking. Right. They didn't know they were a victim of human trafficking. Really? They don't necessarily know that what is happening to them is happening to hundreds of thousands of other women and men and children across the nation and across the globe. They just know that their situation is is bad and they don't know how to get out of it right um, they don't know there's organizations devoted to helping them and hundreds of thousands of dollars for mm-hmm. their recovery um, i didn't encounter a single woman that came through our safe house that was like i knew i was being trafficked right they didn't even have that language I knew
0: someone was looking for until, me or, yeah.
2: until months into mm-hmm. us uncovering and that's because of the complex emotional manipulation and ties that these traffickers mm-hmm. create with their victims much like you would see in you know, most of us are fairly familiar with, you know, domestic violence situations yeah. and and mm-hmm. the battered woman syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. She loves her husband or her significant other and believes that he loves her. Um, and she starts to believe that she's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like that, only exponentially worse when you're talking about a trafficking victim, mm-hmm. especially if that manipulation started when they were a child. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. When they're five years old, yeah, you said. Yeah,
2: certainly. And so, you know, for here in our city, um, in our state, we do have some numbers that we can mm-hmm. look on. The University of Texas put out a study recently that says there are roughly 314,000 victims of human trafficking in mm-hmm. Texas alone. And almost 80,000 of those are children. Wow. Oh one in God. four girls and one in six boys, not far behind, surprisingly, mm-hmm. will be sexually exploited before they turn 18 in the state of Texas.
1: Wow. Wow! Gosh.
2: So this isn't a small problem that is only... Happening to our areas of, you know, poverty um, or the at-risk kids, this is a massive problem happening in, you know, the suburbs, the metro areas, the affluent areas, the rural areas. There really isn't a um, stigma, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. And the movie and the media will make it seem as if kids are, um, you know, being kidnapped every day. And yes, that does happen in our country, but that's not the vast majority of the way that trafficking is happening here.
0: And and before the show, we were just having a brief conversation. And one of the things that you mentioned is, is that it's not always this ring of sex traffickers, right? It can right. be the woman next door uh, with her child. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. And, and that it's not always this public image of Jeffrey Epstein. Sure.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, you know, trafficking looks a lot different than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. And like, movies like Taken and these sort of things. Um, yes, that can happen. Our kids can be kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the Center for Missing and Exploited Children tells us that 60% of kids that are missing are, it's because they're being trafficked. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of these kids, they're not being caught up in some celebrity scandal. Um, It's their uncle or their dad who has been selling them to their buddies down the street since they were five or six years old and threatening them and manipulating them, and their mom doesn't even know. They're riding the school bus with other kids, and they have no idea what's happening to them on the weekends. They're not being thrown in a trunk and driven to Mexico. Um, They're just interacting with somebody online that's exploiting them for their photos or their mm-hmm. videos. This, sometimes it's our young, our young boys who are playing video games, mm-hmm. and yeah, they I become victims of um, what we call sextortion. Mm-hmm. Um, they're offered online currency. This isn't even a, a real exchange. They're given a 100 bucks um, in this video game in order for them to have a nude picture sent to them. Wow. And they get caught up in this, where eventually that person on the other end is requiring them to do things they don't feel comfortable with, and they feel like they can't tell anybody. Right. Um, and that's how a lot of the exploitation happens. So Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, all of these platforms that we use every day, and we don't see that there's really any harm in them. Right. TikTok, <coughs> arguably one of the most sexualized platforms out there, is a huge method for. You said you know parents can mm-hmm. be traffickers. Students, Unfortunately, children can be other traffickers. And that usually comes from they've been exploited, uh-huh. they've been manipulated, they've been convinced by their exploiter to recruit other children, or they've been threatened or coerced to do so uh-huh. through social media platforms, through their soccer team, through their youth group. Uh-huh. Um, so it looks a lot uh-huh. different than what we often see covered in the news. Um, it can look just like you said, the person down the street. Yeah. Um, Sexual predators don't have a profile, and children don't have a profile. Right. All different ages, ethnicities, socioeconomic groups. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, children that come from um, at-risk situations are more more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, kids that come through the Child Protective Services, they're 60% more likely to be trafficked. Sure. Mm-hmm. Then we have kids, you know, who would, we would just call our uh, average American, you know, kids who mm-hmm. are um, victims of this as well.
0: Yeah so how does the listener uh today parents uh friends of you know with uh anyone really listening how do we how do we find or how do we like how do we pick up on that there's maybe a problem
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I don't even
0: know if I phrased that correctly. No, (laughs) definitely.
2: Uh, That's the thing is a lot of parents, if they feel like they're involved in their children's life, then they would never really consider that their child could be a victim to human Mm -hmm. trafficking. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the greatest risk factor in 2020 for a child being sexually exploited is their access to technology. Mm -hmm. And, you Mm -hmm. know, during this pandemic our children have been on technology. We've all been on technology more than ever before. And
0: unfortunately, Mm
2: -hmm. sexual predators are taking full advantage of that. And and I'm going to share with Mm -hmm. you some of those red flags and warning signs. But, you know, one of the ways that we know uh, that unfortunately sex trafficking hasn't come to us Reaching halt like a lot of our other businesses mm-hmm. is we actually have a technology uh, working for us. We have an artificially intelligent chatbot called Gracie. Okay. And what Gracie does Who's we? Oh, Street Grace. Okay, great. Street Grace. All right, yeah. Yep. So, Street Grace, and um, part of, you know, I said we take a multifaceted approach yeah. of prevention, policy, and pursuit. And that pursuit mm-hmm. is this chatbot. And so, what she does is, I call her She, she's Not a she, she's a technology, (laughs) but we act like she's a member of the Street Grace team. Mm -hmm. Um, As we speak right now, as we're recording this, Mm -hmm. she is chatting with up to 10,000 sexual predators simultaneously in 15 states across the United States. Three cities here in Texas, Houston being one of them. And so she can pretend to be uh, a 15-year-old girl in Houston who's advertising sex for sale on a number of these websites where at any given mm-hmm. time you can go on site. looks like Craigslist, Amazon for, mm-hmm. for a sexual encounter. Yeah. Uh, she can be a 17-year-old African-American girl in Tennessee and a 13-year-old Asian girl in California all at the same time. And when this predator interacts, he's scrolling through on his lunch break. We know the average predator is about a, this might surprise you, an uh, upper-class white married uh, man. That's the average sexual predator, not Mm -hmm. what we think, Mm -hmm. uh, not what culture tells us, um, clicks on one of those ads, engages in a text message conversation. Mm -hmm. He can negotiate with our chatbot, Gracie, where are they going to meet, what's it going to cost, what sex acts are going to occur, et cetera, all in a way that he has no idea that she's a technology and not a real person. And then eventually he'll get what we call our deterrence message. And it says something like, hey, this isn't Jessica or Sarah or Brittany. What you're doing is a felony in all 50 states punishable by up to $100,000 in fines and 40 years in federal prison, your name and phone number are now in a permanent file accessible to state, local, and federal law enforcement. And we work with state, local, and federal law enforcement to help them in their arrests and facilitate this process that has traditionally been really resource mm-hmm. and time heavy and money heavy on mm-hmm. law enforcement and make that a lot more efficient mm-hmm. for them and then we send them an extra text message a couple hours later from a different number connecting them to resources for help because oh. we know that behind every sexual predator, mm-hmm is something else. People don't just wake up one day with um, the desire to meet up with a eight year old for a sexual encounter. Right. It's a mm-hmm. progression and it's uh, from sex buyers we've worked with almost always one of these two things or both uh, sexual abuse in their past that they have not dealt with uh-huh. or a progressive addiction to pornography. Um, that has progressed and now um, they're wanting to you know meet up with younger um, wow. folks and so we send them a link to a private website mm-hmm. where they can get resources in their community uh, for counselors for addiction certified trauma-informed recovery groups psychologists resources everything they would need to get to the root of that problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we can actually monitor how many of them are clicking through these resources for help
0: We've seen a huge
2: uptick during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, We're up 15%. Up to 30% of these buyers Mm -hmm. are clicking through these resources to get help. Mm -hmm. And Gracie's been a part of over 200,000 text exchanges so far. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of the greatest weapons we have to fight the demand, even in places where we aren't. Absolutely
0: amazing. And so
2: we're we're fighting that demand. And I I Mm -hmm. say this to loop it back to your question. As a parent, what can I do? Mm Well, we want to educate our kids about things that might lead to the demand. So what can you do? Mm -hmm. Talk to your kids about pornography. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the vast majority of kids are not learning about sex from their parents. We know that. Mm -hmm. Um, In this day and age, they're learning about sex from their friends. But overwhelmingly, they're learning about sex from pornography. Mm -hmm. And why is that troublesome? Well the messaging of today's online pornography is 80% of it features violence. Mm -hmm. And uh, a a bonus point out there, violence toward women of color. Mm -hmm. And so to a child that doesn't know anything about sex, a girl for example, She's learning about sex from pornography. She sees that not only is it normal and natural for me to be abused, Mm -hmm. um, violated, degraded, it's to be celebrated. This is what a woman does, and this is how a sexual encounter should look. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, they've done all of this research to find that 75% girls that watch porn, ages 12 to 17, are 75% more likely to be sexually assaulted or abused than girls that don't. Wow. And then on the boys token, mm-hmm. boys that are 18 um, that watch porn are 75% more likely to seek out sex for purchase right. than boys that don't. Mm-hmm. Because their message is um, women are to be um, used for sexual gratification in i can not only be violent i can do whatever i want Mm -hmm. and they they should and would enjoy it so when their real life partner does not enjoy what is happening Mm -hmm. um that's when they're looking at a massage parlor or uh, an escort service that Mm -hmm. can turn into a child and so talking to your kids about difficult topics like pornography um looking for do you know their online friends Mm -hmm. are they video gaming with people that and chatting with them that's kind of the new way of things you don't just Mm -hmm. video game at home you you put on your headset you text um, and there's tons of predators out there do you know um, you know who they are meeting up with Mm -hmm. Um, who a lot of kids don't even understand that there's a difference between as they call it IRL in real life friends Mm -hmm. and social media friends there they've never grown up in a world without technology like you or I have Mm. and so there is no differentiation between my online friends and my real friends. And so you really have to go that extra level as a parent Mm -hmm. to go, okay, what are the privacy settings on their phone? Have we talked about things like sexting? Mm -hmm. One in four kids are participating in sexting. It's rampant. Um, Mm -hmm. Have we talked about pornography? And a lot of parents are hesitant and rightfully so Mm -hmm. because they think, well, I don't want to open up the doors to curiosity too early. But all the research says that the more often you talk about sex and sexuality with your children and the earlier the less likely they are to engage in risky sexual Mm -hmm. behavior.
0: And where do parents find the tools to learn how to talk to their children about sex? Because, as you said, like people our age, it gets uncomfortable, Certainly. and we don't want to talk Awkward. to our kids about it. It's like, what yes. do I say? <laughs> so, yes. where do they go to find out healthy communication with your child yeah. about sex?
2: I always tell children, you know, it is one of the most difficult day and ages to be a child, to be yeah. a teenager, yeah. and I also think it is mm-hmm. one of the most difficult times to be a parent. Mm-hmm. The disconnect between children and parents seems to be getting so large because mm-hmm. of technology. They don't have to go to their parents for, to shape their political beliefs, their religious beliefs. Right. They're getting that from social media, and the same with sexuality. And so it's very intimidating. It's very overwhelming. And most parents, um, you know, they didn't grow up with pornography. They didn't grow up with this technology. Mm. And so they're thinking, oh, well, you know, my parents talked to me about sex when I was like 17, 18. Right. Well, the first exposure to pornography for the average child is only 9 and so if we're yeah. waiting till 17 or 18 it is far too late Sure is. and so we at street grace offer a lot of different resources a couple of things we do free prevention education for the community mm-hmm. so you can contact us if you would like your church trained um, you'd like us to come to your child's school your pta cool. meeting your rotary club anything like that and um, mm-hmm. we have a training called keeping kids safe in the digital age that's exactly what it is going through these apps how do they work what is the grooming process mm-hmm. uh, we also have a book we wrote called keeping kids safe in the digital age it's a handbook um, for caring you know parents and adults that mm-hmm. you can you can access um, uh, at one of our trainings or online we have a wealth of free resources on our website mm-hmm. we've animated videos we have two of them we created one on uh, what's the big deal with sexting and your brain on porn um and they're animated like three to five minute videos that are very non-shaming mm-hmm. really easy to introduce this subject yeah Uh, We have recorded trainings with Department of Homeland Security specifically for if you have an elementary kid, a middle school kid. And we did all of this uh, for COVID because we wanted to equip parents in the same way we would in person. Uh, but virtually. So all of those things are available on our website. We also have that's a awesome. YouTube channel where you can you can Amazing. view
0: them. Amazing. Outstanding. Yeah. How do people find Street Grace?
2: Yeah, pretty easy. Yep. Streetgrace.org. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what right.
0: I and we were if you want to
2: find us on all of our social media, yeah. it's also just Street Grace. Our mm-hmm. YouTube is Street Grace. The only one that's a little different is if you're listening out there and you have a TikTok yeah. and you want to find us, we are at Help Locker. Um, which is one of our newest initiatives, which is a model of what we're launching in the Houston area schools in public. We're going to be wrapping lockers in schools where kids can open up this locker and they can get information about, what do I do if I'm in an abusive online relationship? What if the person exploiting me is my dad and he's told me never to tell anyone? Um, What do I do if someone's pressuring me to send a nude photo? And so we've taken that Mm -hmm. in-person platform that has the human trafficking hotline, all kinds of resources, and we've moved it to where kids are. We already have over 100,000 followers um, on our TikTok, and we haven't even publicly announced it because this is a place where we want to meet students where they are Mm -hmm. um, and infuse some truth into one of the most sexualized platforms out there that also has a lot of myths about human trafficking, C- crazy things I hear about, you know, if you come out to your car and there's a jar of honey on your hood, that means a trafficker has tagged you and mm. you better look under your car because he's going to grab your ankles. These right. kind of things come out like a new one every month. And so it's great to have some
0: uh, so cool. some
2: truth out there in this crazy world where we have to sort through a lot of of non-truths. Yeah.
0: I want to go back. I know you have a couple of questions, Robin, but I wanted to go back and just ask, because my brain thinks this way, Gracie. Mm -hmm. So amazing that that Street Grace has access to that kind of technology, AI, right? Yes. Technology. Mm -hmm. And how does something like that get funded by Street Grace, right? To be able to purchase something. Yeah. Because it's got to be outrageously expensive. That was my question, is how are you funded? Yes.
2: So... Although we have a lot of really passionate people at Street Grace, we are not a technology company. Therefore, we don't have the capability to build a first-of-its-kind, artificially intelligent chatbot. So we we have some partners. Uh, Mm -hmm. We worked with a university because we wanted to have a Mm peer-reviewed published report. Actually, Gracie was created for research initially. Mm -hmm. Um, So we worked with Kennesaw State University. We worked with the Center for Disease Control. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also worked with the largest ad agency on the planet, BBDL. Mm-hmm. And BBDO is a major partner of ours. They've helped us produce some phenomenal video content, things for our youth mm-hmm. um, initiatives, and they helped us build this chat bot. Um, and they did it for us. Uh, it's you know, millions of dollars of work they did for us for free. Wow. And so we actually offer it to the community, Mm -hmm. um, for free, although it costs us, we have to pay to maintain it. We have Mm -hmm. to pay to, um, upload the ads, but we're trying to raise money so we can get Gracie in every city of over a hundred thousand people or more. And that's going to cost us, Mm -hmm. um, about another million dollars. And so Mm -hmm. we're privately funded by donors, uh, churches, businesses. And so, um, we would love some more support to get so if anybody there. out
0: there has a million dollars they'd like to donate before the end of the year. <laughs> there go you go. It would be well spent. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that was my question. Mainly was about uh, you know how do you how do you exist? Is it private donations? Yes. Or yeah.
2: Yeah, private donations.
1: Yeah. So uh, in just these last few minutes, I thought that we'd mention the human trafficking hotline. Great. Um, yeah. That number is eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. So when someone calls that hotline, what will...
2: So they will get an operator that will connect them to somebody in their city. They are routed by where you are. And you can make an anonymous report. um, If you would like. You don't have to give your information. You just say essentially what you saw, what you observed, whether that was online, somebody you knew, somebody you just saw at a gas station. You can do this nights, holidays, weekend, anytime, and they will save the information because it's always better to report something, even if you have no idea if it's correct. Mm -hmm. uh, It's better to report and be wrong than not say anything at all because Mm -hmm. they compile all of these tips um, and they can be really, really helpful Mm -hmm. and can possibly save um, a life. So it's a great number to keep on hand. If you forget it, just Google it, the National Human Trafficking Hotline. It'll be the first one that comes up.
0: I wanted yeah. to ask another question of just about a subpopulation within our community. Is do you do any work with the LGBTQ population and do you see a higher rate of prevalence in that population? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. question. We do see a higher rate of prevalence specifically. When we're talking about young boys Mm -hmm. so remember one in four girls will be sexually exploited but one in six boys so this isn't exclusively a girl's Mm -hmm. issue and where we see the major rise in it being a boys issue is uh, in the video gaming industry Mm -hmm. but in uh, the homeless runaway population and then in those that identify as some kind of other um, alternative sexuality Mm -hmm. Uh, they kind of have a big red target on their back there's a big demand for it uh, in the Mm -hmm. porn industry which fuels uh, the exploitation yeah. unfortunately yeah. and so when we're doing work with students and um, that's something we talk about a lot
0: yeah absolutely yeah. i hate
1: that we ran out of
2: time i, I do too to i could sit here for another two hours I and could just keep too. going i could too um
0: it's such a topic i think that's so necessary and and one more time if you will just tell us how to reach either you or street grace and and let everybody know uh the website the Anything you want to let them know. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So our website is streetgrace.org. You can find free resources there, information about our training, which are all free, um, how you'd like to book a speaker. We have some policy initiatives coming up. We didn't even talk about that. If that interests you, how you can get involved in Mm -hmm. changing legislation. Um, You can learn more about Gracie. My email, I'm going to give it to all of you. Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A, at streetgrace.org. I would love to chat with you, answer any questions. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Street Grace, and as well as on TikTok at Help Locker.
0: Very cool. Thank you for dedicating your whole career and really your life to something so important. And thanks for what you guys do and Street Grace. And uh, uh, it's such such an important topic. So thanks for being here today. Thank you for
2: having me. Thank
1: you. And we'll see you or you'll hear us next week.
0: Next week. See (laughs) y'all.
1: Bye.